On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We somehow miss versions one through three, but the new version of Google Analytics is here for you. Google Podcast beefs up Podcast Manager. Now they just need people to use Google Podcasts. <laughs> In a turn of events, Google Ads actually increases visibility into YouTube attribution and expands data-driven attribution. Greg is finally stepping up his fashion game, or should we say shaping up? And we've got Mark here with us today, this time with business in the front and a fun storm in the back. Amazon who? QVC what? I'm doing all of my shopping on YouTube. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios, located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Mark Seltzerelli. And I'm Greg Finn. It's officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 16th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show on YouTube or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode. We have Mark on the blower once again this week. Mark, um, you're looking a little different. What is going on over there? I know. I have a very <laughs> important announcement for all of our listeners. It's a very big follow-up from the last time I was on the show. We were having the debate between me and Greg on our fashion choices, and I did follow through, and I got a mullet. So everyone needs to go to YouTube. Make sure you listen on YouTube this week so you can come <laughs> and see my mullet. I'm going to take off my headset and show everyone. Oh, my gosh. This is serious. This is a mullet. This actually is a mullet. And it is better than I expected. Yeah, I, I, I have to say it's better I, than I thought. I, I think I won the debate. I think my mullet is much more fashionable than your zip off pants. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say, uh, yeah, because I thought it was going to be a little bit longer in the back, but it, it's manageable. And I think my, my commentary was that it has that kind of middle reliever vibes of like somebody that can just go out there in the sixth inning and just eat up two innings before the closer comes in. Like it yeah. gives like it's got that confidence to it. And one I mean, could argue that your zip off pants are like the mullet of pants. You know, you're not committing to one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have party and business. So what's going on with you, Greg? Well, speaking of those zip off pants, I went on a hike, uh, took the whole family up a few weeks ago up to High Peak in the Adirondack region here in New York. And I was starting the hike with pants on. Halfway through, I turned them into shorts, made it up to the top of the hike with my two six-year-olds who might've been five at the time. And on the way down, I'm like, don't fall, don't fall, don't do anything. And I fell down the hill. 
And I was just thinking about that when I was looking at those pants, but I fell down the hill, knocked over my boy and, um, it was something. So mountain bowling. No. And, and I'm going to blame, I'm going to blame the pants on that. What about you, Shep? Oh, well, I just have to watch football every day of my life now. Cause nobody can figure out how to not get COVID. So they can just play whenever they want. And it's very <laughs> frustrating. And the other day I like fell asleep and football, the football app was on. And I swear to God, I was like dreaming in Spanish. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, so weird. Like I haven't spoken Spanish since, you know, I took it in high school. Like what's going on? It turns out that the football app broke. So then we had to find, he found the Spanish football app and put it on (laughs) and was watching this football game in Spanish. Football Americano app. You got that too? (laughs) Apparently we've got them all here and I'm just not interested in the football app at all, but um, it does whatever it wants now and it's on every day. Yeah, and now you can practice your Spanish instead of like, (laughs) if you're not interested in the game, you can at least like brush up your vocabulary. Yeah, I mean, anything's better than the game. (laughs) Well, if you have a grievance, air, or a spicy take to share, anything you wanna get off your chest, don't forget our phone lines are open. Visit call.marketingoclock.com and leave us a message and you just might hear your voice on the show next week. And we have some great voicemails to share with you guys today. And also feel free to leave us a review, say something nice, recommend us to a friend. It makes us all worthwhile. And don't forget the SCJ eSummit is coming January. So buy your ticket now where it's the absolute lowest prices. You will see an exclusive Marketing O'Clock episode on the main stage. And also you're going to see 10, 10 in the morning, a panel, the 2021 SEO trends with Izzy Smith and Lauren Baker. That is going to be another must see. So it's 75 bucks a ticket only if you purchase now. Um, So do not miss out on this price. Today's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. With Upfluence's all-in-one platform, marketers can streamline their influencer marketing campaigns and scale their influencer programs in no time. Build influencer lists and contact them at scale. Keep track of all your collaborations and measure your campaign results all in a single platform. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. Go to get.upfluence.com forward slash SEJ to get started. That is get.upfluence.com forward slash SEJ. We're going to talk about how Upfluence works a little bit later in the show and why you can't market without it. And getting into the news this week, Google announced the launch of Google Analytics 4, which is really just a rebrand of the app plus web property. So Google Analytics 4 is now the default property in your account. If you add a new Google Analytics property now, by default, it will be GA4, and you'll still have the option to create universal analytics properties if you need to, but you probably should be using this moving forward because Google says any new improvements will be available for Google Analytics 4 and not on those other properties, the older ones. So with this announcement, they encouraged everyone to create a new Google Analytics 4 property, previously called App Plus Web, again, alongside your existing properties. So you really have to start from scratch here, which mm -hmm. our data lady, Sarah, was unhappy about. (laughs) But my big thing is there was never a Google Analytics 2 or 3. Why is it 4 now? 
that is seems confusing because they don't want you to forget about them. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> no, I don't really know. all I mean, over it. They're just calling it the new Google Analytics, and like GA four is not easy to say or read. No. Like the four kind of looks like an A. Um, it's it's a lot. It's better mm-hmm. than app plus web, I guess. No, but I like universal. You're like, here's the change, and there should be some way to be like, it's the a- Appalytics or something like that. If you're mixing it all together, I don't know. I don't, I don't think like- they're gonna do the pun. Mm-hmm. I think they just gave up. <laughs> they're like just throw a four at the end of google analytics and let's call yeah. it a day we can't come up with a name for this they should call it google analytics the core october update no <laughs> that would just <laughs> you're the worst so the name is terrible the new features are not it will automatically alert you to significant trends in your data like products seeing rising demand because of new customer needs, and the new churn probability report can help you efficiently invest in retaining customers. And because it can measure app and web interactions together, it will include conversions from YouTube engaged views that occur in app and pull that right into your GA reports, which is really cool. Google also says this new analytics gives you customer-centric measurement instead of measurement fragmented by device or platform. So you'll be able to see things like if your customers first discover your business from an ad or on the web, then later install your app and make purchases there. We haven't really had a chance to play around with this yet, but there's a lot of good stuff to dig into. And as far as data privacy goes, because that is a big concern for everyone, of course, Google says the new analytics is designed to adapt to a future with or without cookies or identifiers. It uses flexible, a flexible approach to measurement and in the future will include modeling to fill in the gaps where the data may be incomplete. So if you're a data person, I recommend checking out this article by Krista Seiden. Um, she's just like one smart lady and she goes through all the improvements and changes in Google Analytics for, um, she was already working on it when it was at Plus Web and now she has this like great resource of all the things that they're doing. So she talks about the new navigation and report structure, event editing changes, cross-domain measurement, which wasn't available on App Plus Web before at all. And it's a lot easier to set up in GA4 than it was in the Universal Analytics. So all you data people get your data on. The new Google Analytics is here. <laughs> I think the one thing we're probably going to lose, though, is that search terms workaround we're having in current Google Analytics. I didn't think of that. Oh my gosh, we need to check. We better not lose it. And there's no hope. (laughs) What else is happening in the news? Well, actually, it's a good segue because in a bizarre turn of events, we actually have some positive news about Google Ads. And um, this comes from the one and only Ginny Marvin at Search Engine Land. And Google Analytics is not the only place where we're seeing new YouTube conversion data. Google Ads is bringing YouTube into the attribution fold and is expanding data-driven attribution to more advertisers. There's three big changes here we have with Google Ads. First, we're getting new cross-network attribution reporting for YouTube and search campaigns, which is in beta. If you're eligible, you'll be able to opt in to see YouTube clicks and video engagements in your top paths, path metrics, and assisted conversions in your attribution reports if you go to tools, then attribution. And they're hoping to also roll this out to display campaigns in the coming months. 
And this is just to make it really easy to see, okay, someone interacted with your YouTube ad and then they ended up converting on your search ad. And I think it's a really smart move for Google because they do have a difficult time trying to prove to advertisers that YouTube can drive a return. Like literally when I was at Inbound, the Google Ads evangelist was like, oh, don't look at YouTube and Gmail on their own. Look at conversions for Google Ads as a whole. And I think this kind of fills that so you don't have to do that really bad advice that I just shared. Um, <laughs> you can actually now maybe see more conversions that are coming from YouTube. And maybe this will actually prove to advertisers that you can drive a return to YouTube and you'll get a better picture of how your YouTube ads are actually driving conversions across the different Google properties. Next up, Google is releasing conversion lift measurement, also in beta, to complement their existing search and brand lift measurement in YouTube. Next up, Google is releasing conversion lift measurement in beta to complement their existing search and brand lift measurement in YouTube. Next up, Google is releasing conversion lift measurement in beta for YouTube to complement their existing search and brand lift measurement in YouTube. Search lift and conversion lift will also um, now be reported as soon as they're available for daily reporting. Eligible advertisers can also now run brand lift, search lift, and conversion lift together on the same campaign to measure impact from awareness to interest to conversion. And you guys know I am all about this kind of full funnel approach to measurement. So this is very exciting that they're able to roll this out to conversions as well. Lastly, Google announced that it's now able to lower the data requirements for data-driven attribution um, from a minimum of 3,000 ad interactions and at least 300 conversions in the past 30 days to the new 15,000 ad interactions and 600 conversion events in the past 30 days. To see if it's available for you, change the attribution model on your conversions to data-driven. Select the conversion you want to change. Um, you go to Tools to Conversions, and you'll be able to see the options available in the attribution model selection there. Right, so I, got a, I, I got a good name for this. Attribution 4. <laughs> That's what they should call it. <laughs> I, you should you, work for Google with these great names you're coming you. up with, Greg. I mean... The originality, Thanks. you know, you're like one of the team. Mm -hmm. I know you're just such a brand master. It's like you should be living in the honey house. All right. Well, next <laughs> up is another cool feature from Google. And it is for anybody that's a podcaster out there. What is that? But the... I don't know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Google I don't listen to any. Nobody should. Especially <laughs> not ours. <laughs> but the Google Webmasters Twitter account put out a tweet saying, Google search is an important and growing way to find podcasts. Today, we're introducing a new feature to help podcasters understand how listeners discover their content on search. And you can sign up for Podcast Manager by going to podcastmanager.google.com. And the new thing that you are now able to see with this upgrade is the impressions that show in search and the clicks that you get over to your podcast on Google Podcasts. So you always could see the length of time that people were listening and what episodes were performing better on Podcast Manager. You now can see that search data. And while it's cool, like, couldn't you put that in Search Console 
too somehow. Like I feel like this could tie in a search console or something, but we have some notes from some listeners. So first up, we are going to go to Christoph Trapp and he has a voicemail for us here today. Hey team, it's Christoph Trapp, C Trapp on Twitter. I want to comment on the podcast manager improvement that Barry Schwartz reported on. And basically it's so great to see that you can now see directly in podcast manager how to how your podcast is ranking, how it's showing up, what people are clicking on, what they're searching for. Uh, another example why companies really need to get in the podcast game if they're not yet. Keep up the good work. And you can listen to Christoph over on AuthenticStorytelling.net. And he has his own podcast, Business Storytelling Podcast. And while he thinks it's great, I do too. I just am a little disheartened because we don't have any traffic from Google search. And we've had, we the minute this was introduced, we got all hooked up and set up our podcast on Google Podcasts. But we have ridiculous titles that we write for you, the listener, not for Google, the search engine. And we barely get any traffic. You can see our stats over on YouTube. But if you actually have, like, I think a good example of, if you listen to the bonus episode, the previous episode of this, um, AJ Wilcox uh, LinkedIn show actually ranks really, really well for anything to do with LinkedIn podcast. And I'd imagine for folks that have a very specific niche podcast, there's going to be a lot of volume that could be had there. So this could be really cool. And we also have another message from Azim Digital. Hey guys, it's Azim here. Just wanted to drop you a quick voicemail to talk to you about Google Podcast Manager. As a podcaster, I think this is absolutely great because now what I can do is I can go in, see which search terms brought people to my podcast, what episodes they're listening to, how long they're listening to it for. And as a podcaster, it will allow me to better serve my audience, some of whom I hope are hosts on your show, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But I'd be really keen to see what you guys think about it because I am a super huge fan of this update. And already I've got several ideas ticking around in my head, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. All right. And thanks, Azim. And you can check out Azim over at IamAzimDigital.com or in the show notes. And he has the Azim Digital Asks podcast. And yes, we do listen. Uh, I heard episode 16, I believe, with Andrea Cruz. Yeah, Andrea was show, on it. Power listener. And she even talked about us. So yeah, we listen, Azim. <laughs> um, but just another thing of note, you can see the average time played, the length, when things were published. But Again, it's only for people using Google Podcasts. And that's not a whole lot of people. It's quite frankly, not the best platform out there. Um, and if you really wanna see data on your users, I'd recommend using Spotify's solution. So like who the heck is listening on Google Podcasts? Spotify to us is substantially more. And you know, if Apple had a good analytics platform, that'd be nice. But you know, I think Spotify makes up 7% of our traffic overall. And the coolest thing about Spotify analytics is you can see the length and when people drop off and everything, but you can also see what people that listen to the show also listen to. And I've got three items here and you have to tell me what's real and what's fake. <clears throat> okay. So what do people listen to on the show? Post Malone, Eminem, Kesha, Ed Sheeran. Which one of those is fake? 
I think Kesha because you want us to guess that because Mark's here. Okay. I know, but I also feel that because only like 7% of our listeners come from Spotify and I usually listen on Spotify, that my Kesha might be real <laughs> because I could be throwing it off. Okay. So what is the fake one? Eminem, Post Malone, Kesha, or Ed Sheeran? Eminem's also such a throwback. Who's listening to Eminem mm-hmm. all the time? Did I'm you, going with you, Kesha. Okay. I'm going with Eminem. Shep is right. Okay. We have a lot of Eminem listeners, <laughs> apparently. Like, what is this? I was and, trying to believe that you weren't just teasing me. I had too much faith in you. No, I just, I, I figured it was so blatantly erroneous that, you know, it might look good. That was my thought, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Yeah, I, I thought you were trying to be nice. Well, anyway, if you want to see your podcast demographics, what they're listening to, where they're located from Spotify. You can also check that out. And I think it's better than what Google's offering. So that is podcasters.spotify.com. So podcasters, plural, .spotify.com. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. And this week's take of the week comes from Amalia Fowler at Amalia E. Fowler on Twitter. And she says, let me get this straight, period. At Google Ads wants us to trust them to run automated smart campaigns, dot, dot, dot. But their automated smart machine can't figure out how to accurately flag content. Hashtag PPC chat. Burn. Truth. And I love the fact that she just went and added Google ads. So many people just say things around every single time. I'm like at Google ads, at Google ads. I love it. I love I it. I get nervous to add them sometimes. Why? Well, no one's running that account. Yeah, I know. They don't look at it anyway. It doesn't matter. Also, like, what are they going to do? <laughs> Take more of your terms away, probably. Charge you more DST fees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And speaking of that, we reached out to Google to see if we could get a spokesperson on to discuss some of the recent changes. We're still waiting to hear back though. And How long has it been? <laughs> Didn't been you weeks. do it like the day of? <laughs> yeah. I followed up though. They said not to follow up and I followed up, but maybe I'm sending oh. an email. So. Now they'll never do it. That you, did, you deliberately disobeyed them. They're never gonna come on. I feel like it's gonna be like the Titanic meme that goes around. It's like, it's been 84 years <laughs> when they finally respond. <laughs> And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is just something you might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I, people, from Pamela Lund, at Pamela underscore Lund on Twitter, Queen of Spice herself. She says, if you are running influencer campaigns, don't forget to set up search campaigns with the influencer's name plus a generic product for the people who forget your brand. Like... Jennifer, what's your name? Shampoo as the keyword. <laughs> it works best if you can use their likeness on a landing page. Hashtag PPC chat. This is genius. I would have never thought of this. Thank you so much, Pamela. And thank you so much, Jennifer. What's her name? Like that sounds like the kind of girl that I want to hang out with. And she probably has great hair. I bet. Also, funny note, in our Google podcast mm-hmm. um, report, one of the terms that drove traffic was podcast Pamela Lund. 
and you could see you could see it over the searches and we've never had her on i mean she's the queen of spice we talk about her every week (laughs) maybe that's why so she has enough power yeah but i also love this not just for influencer campaigns but like any type of like co-marketing or like sponsored content uh i had a client um before they were like a toaster and they were doing a pop-up where their toaster was in hotels at the breakfast bar and you might want to be like this hotel name toaster or something like that. So it really works for anything where you're doing any sort of marketing with other people. Did you mean for that to be a pun or no? What? To pop up the toaster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was not intentional. I didn't even like know what you were talking about. I wasn't, I, I don't always that. listen to myself speak. Is that my- Thanks Pamela. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Upfluence. Upfluence is all-in-one influencer marketing platform, helps marketers streamline their campaigns and take them to the next level. Greg, why do you love Upfluence? Well, I love Upfluence because we all did a demo of Upfluence. And it is astounding how simplified they make influencer marketing. It's one thing that I think a lot of firms don't dive into because of the unknowns around it. And a lot of the laborious thoughts you might have, like you got to go out and reach out to these TikTokers and, you know, see if, if you can sponsor a hopscotch or something like that. Um, but what Upfluence does is it, they call themselves the Google of influencer marketing. And what you can do is type in whatever you're looking for, your term, a certain theme, and you'll all of a sudden see all these different influencers that match the criteria show up for you. You can then see really cool things like how, what percentage of the audience is real. Um, you can see their following, their engagement levels. And you can start adding people to almost like a cart, as kind of strange as that sounds, but you can say, let's add this to a list to go follow up with. And that sounds interesting, but the power to me is when you get to go and reach out to an email from an automated fashion to anybody that you've chosen into your list for whatever social network, you can choose Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, but Upfluence will email all the recipients and start that process for you. And then you can use the tool to communicate with the influencers and figure out what the price is to be set and do everything from an automated fashion. And that is something that is so powerful and just is makes it so much less daunting from somebody getting into influencer marketing or really trying to take it to the next level. It's just how seamless it makes it. And it's something also that will fit into your budget. It's about the the price of a medium tool that you'll find from a, a search side of it. So I recommend that you try a demo and see the power of it and how you can automate influencer marketing, which is phenomenal. And if you want to check that out, head on over to get dot upfluence.com forward slash sej we'll dive in a few more of the features but i just want to talk about my favorite part i didn't know quite frankly that you could do that i've seen some of the other things some of the more lightweight tools out there where you can just identify who some influencers are no 
Upfluence contacts them for you, keeps a record, and lets you see where exactly you are in the process with each of the influencers. So that's get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J. And getting into the paid universe this week, first up from Stephen Johns at Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. He says, if you added a custom CTA to your lead form on YouTube ads, then please check your settings again. It seems Google has stopped using them and now brought in pre-made CTAs. And I love the end of this because I never really know where Stephen John stands with Google. Like he's obviously working in it a lot. I don't know if he's like someone who just listens to everything they say or if he's a cheerleader. He says, if there's ever a time for a notification, then now would be great. But no. Welcome to the dark side, Stephen. 21 got another one. Maybe he'll start adding them soon. <laughs> and next up from Ginny Marvin at Search Engine Land, she says, Amazon introduced customizable sponsored display ads. So advertisers can now add their brand logo and customize the headline. And she has this amazing example of like just great um, advertising here of a beautiful Skechers sneaker and she added the accent actually I don't know if she did this or if like Amazon did the accent athletics logo and the headline is the best shoe headline I don't know are Skechers <laughs> cool no right no I think they're cool I I don't go near them did you ever see Joe Montana rocking the ones and especially the ones that kind of look like lifts no. Really oh, cool. you, you, have you ever seen um, Kim Kardashian and Kris Jenner in Skechers shape-ups? Oh, no. Wow, that was such a time. What was that, like See? 20 years ago? <laughs> Amazing. That was the beginning. That's really what got them to fame was the Skechers shape-ups. Yeah, I kind of need some new sneakers, so maybe I should try these. Like, I got this new pair, and apparently my feet grew. Every time I wear them, I take my shoe off, and my sock is bloody, and I'm, like, bleeding in between two of my toes. It's kind of a problem, so. Yeah. Maybe I, you should get that checked out. <laughs> I blame the baby. That's what I, nobody tells you your feet grow. Jeez. Oh, they do. It's they hardcore. Do. And they swell. Oh, Great. And from Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92, she says Google Ads is testing three expanded site links in a single row. So she has an example of where she spotted this in the wild. It's an ad, and there's three site links under this underneath. It does look really weird. Like there's usually an even number, and to have three, I don't think I like it. It looks like the text is off center. We'll see if that test becomes a reality. The text isn't even like it's yeah. Like it looks like they're cutting here. off the lines of the first. Yeah, that like doesn't it. look correct. Yeah. Maybe it's we a need bug. Some shape ups. <laughs> and we have another update from PPC Greg at PPC Greg. He is just quickly becoming. You know, he's already Greg of the Year. It's over. I'm sorry, Greg, but he's becoming like one of our leading news sources on Twitter. So he I says, can't tell you how interested I am in PPC Greg. And there's a rumor at the company that I am PPC Greg. But I, I am not PPC Greg. Rumor. <laughs> I mean, me. he has the like Microsoft Word paperclip guy. I forget yeah. what he's called. I'm sorry. And he looks a lot like your Bitmoji. How dare you besmirch Clippy like that? I was literally going to make the <laughs> same point, Mark. Because my only defense was like PPC Greg had some sports thing as like his avatar. 
And I don't think, I don't know if Greg likes that sports team, you know, Greg Finn, but now it's Clippy. Everyone likes Clippy. I think this is totally Greg Finn. He, no, he liked the, the Michigan State Spartans. And he has like a German Shepherd dog. How do you know but, that? Yeah, you know all these things off the top of your head. Yeah. So this is possibly your persona that you've built. Like you have a dog. It's not a German Shepherd, but these are like loosely related. I have another point to make. I feel like you're like, a, you're into like, you know, you bought your brand name on that, um, that Twitch wannabe didn't you buy Greg Finn on some other platform? Trillist? That's yeah, what Trillist. Heard of. Yeah. I just feel like you would have claimed PPC Greg a long time ago. I have Greg Finn, my name, at Greg Finn. I Why think, do, I, I bet you have PPC Greg and SEO Greg. No, and I'm a multi-trick pony Greg. here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I need. I need convertible pants and, and sketcher platform sneaks, Greg. Okay, we'll see what happens. Let us know, PPC Greg, but I'm not going to believe it until I meet him in person, just saying. So here's the news he shared. He says, Google Ads housing, employment, or credit advertisers must acknowledge policy changes by clicking to accept them via notification in the accounts before the policy goes into effect on October 19th, or there is a form you can fill out that he links to in his tweet and we'll link to in the show notes as well. And then he followed it up with, because he's BBC Greg, he can't just not be sassy. So he says, as if you might have missed the email for it, and he has like 15 emails all at 1.22 p.m. from the Google Ads team alerting him of this change. He's not going to miss it. And so this week, we released two episodes of Marketing O'Clock. We had a Marketing O'Talk earlier in the week that went 55 minutes in depth on LinkedIn ads that was hosted by the one and only Shep Zernheld, and also had Mark on the panel, as well as AJ Wilcox from Beta Linked and Andrea Cruz from Co-Marketing. So that is our Beyond Google Ads went in depth. And on- seriously, don't listen to it in the car, like be ready to take notes. I've heard it'll be the best 55 minutes of your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> there were things that Mark said literally changed his life on the show. So don't miss that. It's another free episode coming that has came your way um, back on Tuesday, our second ever marketing attack. And if you like him, let us know and we can keep doing them. It's just, you know, we're trying to put out the most tactical shows that we can and put together the best panels around. So check that out. When you said, if you like them, I thought you said, if you like him. And I'm like, are we doing a poll on whether or not I can be on the show? <laughs> oh, God. Did I, did I say him or did I say them? No, you said, um, I thought it for a second too, but I knew what you meant. Mark, you're here now. Okay. <laughs> a poll won't change our minds. Thanks, Shop. <laughs> Greg, what is happening in organic this week? Well, first up, Google is continuing to have some of those indexation issues and web, Google Webmasters on their app, Google WMC Twitter account came out and said that they've disabled the request indexing feature of the URL inspection tool. So if you're out there saying Google is not indexing my things, I had some canonical issues that have since been cleared up and you're out there hammering the request indexing tool, it doesn't work anymore. They took it down as they're still trying to fix the issue we talked about last week that affected 0.2% of their index, but is having some lingering problems and is still not fully fixed to my knowledge as of time of recording. 
All right. Another report from Bloomberg is indicating that Google is in the early stages of transforming YouTube into a shopping site. I don't know if this is clickbaity or what, but that is the dumbest idea ever. Like, if you're transforming it into a shopping site, no. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I, I like if you're saying you're building out more shopping capabilities, because I think of all of the influencers who plug products in their videos, like instead of having a promo code, if you could just buy the products from the video, that would be really cool. But I don't know if transform is the correct word. I don't know. And QVC um, is a TV based media turn shopping website. And I learned this week, it was my first time ordering from there in a while. They don't have a very good website. So I hope YouTube can do a better job. So the actual Bloomberg article said that Google plans to make YouTube a major shopping destination. Again, if you actually think about what the article talks through, they say it will enable customers it would enable consumers to directly purchase items they see in product review videos, unboxing tutorials, and so on. And that all makes sense to be able to make a have less friction in the buying process, have Google get some kickbacks. I don't know. This is why Google can't have nice things. Like Instagram has shoppable posts, but it's not a shopping site. It's still a social network. Like yeah. You can have shopping functionality and still be a video platform. What are you doing, Google? All right. Another article from Barry Schwartz this week over at seroundtable.com. Google My Business has some more health and safety attributes that they're showing. So you now can show an ad to your My Business account in your local listings if you have masks required, safety dividers at checkouts, if the staff has to get temperature checks, if the staff is required to disinfect surfaces between visits and if a staff, if your staff wears masks. But the real thing that I want to be included is like, what if you had an attribute to be like, COVID-19 isn't real. And you just look, <laughs> you just like look at the store and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, like, they're just like, yeah, COVID-19 isn't oh, real. Oh, if the store yeah. thinks that? Yeah. You could just get a quick temperature checked. Like, not literally. Well, no, like, there's not a temperature check. <laughs> temperature check on the situation. <laughs> As good as all that is, like, I want to know, like, who's like really, who really is uh, abstaining from all this? I don't know. You might not like what you find. Well, I just won't go. That's the thing. That'd be more helpful almost in a way. Yeah. All right. There is a new feature in Data Studio. You can use compound conditional formatting in pivot tables. So if you are a big Data Studio user, you will love this. You can create conditional formatting rules with multiple clauses using or or and logic in those pivot tables. Nerd alert. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to see this in action, you can head on over to our show notes and or our YouTube channel, Search Engine Journal on YouTube. There is a new journalist studio that Google is launching, which is a suite of tools that uses technology to help reporters do their work more efficiently, securely, creatively, and there's two new products. I don't know about more creatively. We'll get to it in a minute, but the first thing- Oh, just read the headline and then you're like responding to it live. Like, (laughs) I don't don't know if I would have chosen that one. (laughs) 
I feel like it's just, it's not more creative and we'll get to it, but it's you can, more creative. You can find things faster. It's not like Google's helping do anything more creative. So the first thing that it includes is pinpoint, which will allow reporters to go through hundreds of thousands of documents by identifying and organizing the most frequently mentioned people, organizations, and locations. So instead of control Fing throughout documents, you can just type this in and you can search quickly through scanned PDFs, images, and handwritten notes, emails, even audio files. Did you just censor yourself? No, control F is defined in a, in no, a document. I know, but you said control Fing. Oh, she was, that's making a, she was making a joke. She was should, filling in for Joss. I should, I should bleep you again this show. Um, no. <laughs> Greg, you have that too much dis- power. The distasteful musician last week was enough bleeps to last a lifetime. How did that go over with your family, by the way? I don't like oh, I was no. able to warn my mom. Okay. I was not able to warn my in-laws. Oh, no. Your in-laws listen to this? You guys, I'm literally like the most supported person on the show. I have more people. I bring more listeners than you or Jess. I don't know about Mark. But you guys don't have anyone listening. No, All my people my- listen. And then you pick me for that distasteful musician. I didn't know what he was going to say. To be Did fair, you think it was going to be good? <laughs> he had a good voice. I mean, the beginning part was pretty iconic. <laughs> don't! I can't listen to it again. <laughs> I can't listen to it again. Um, I, don't, I explained it. It was okay. Oh, sorry about that. And, and kudos to you and your family because I couldn't pay my wife to listen to the show. I All the time I'm like, oh, I talked about you on the show. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so other than being able to control after your way through uh, documentation, there is a preview that you can get into uh, the Common Knowledge Project which is a way that journalists can explore, visualize, and share data about important issues in their local communities. You can do this if you're not a journalist. I don't know if they have advanced stuff. Um, We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's commonknowledge.appspot.com. And it's really not that creative. You can just find one location and pull in some stats. It's generally around demographics and crime and income. And then you just bring it to a location. And actually I'd say it's not creative because it displays everything in one way and it's always broken. But if you're a journalist, maybe you get the non-broken version. I don't know. All right, next up from Barry Schwartz over on Search Engine Roundtable. Google Duplex is now scheduling haircut appointment bookings. So if you are just inspired by the show here today (laughs) and want to go get a modern mullet, (laughs) you may be able to book an appointment using Duplex. And what you can do is choose a preferred date, preferred time, and then Duplex will call the salon and schedule your haircutting appointment for you. It doesn't really save the salon anytime, but you don't have to talk to them, I guess. But I mean, I'd want to know, like, be like, can you do the modern mullet? And you can't ask that on Duplex. So Yoast has a partnership with SEM Rush. So if you are using Yoast SEO 15.1, you can now get information and keyword data powered by SEM Rush, AKA SEMrush data. And you can find related keywords similar to your query for what you have inputted into that post, get volume and trend data, uncover new profitable keyword ideas for your content, 
you basically just get a kind of light version of SEM rush. And the example that they gave, I believe was talking about boosting engagement. And it seemed like it was a marketing post. The, exa- the examples they gave weren't exactly on point with like things like, like engagement rings and antique engagement rings. And the one thing that was really sad to me was there was a keyword that matched called engaging with aging blog. And I just thought somebody out there is like at a senior living facility and they're trying to come up with something catchy and they're like engaging with aging. Baby. I think they were really proud and you just shot yeah. them down. They're like, it's about like embracing growing older. Yeah. Just facing it and like not caring. <laughs> no, let your hair go gray. Stop using your Olay Regenerist eye cream. Just embrace it. It's happening to everyone. It's part of life. Engage with your age. Yeah, I think it's a nice blog. See, I don't because I feel like I am like against aging, you know? Oh, I don't think that's going to work out for you. But, you know, I mean, you have the sports app, the football app. Tom Brady still going strong. Is he I mean, that he's old? He's still aging. It's debatable. Isn't he not doing that good anymore? Yeah, it's because he can't do anything without Belichick. Oh, had some hot. It's like a curse. It happens when you leave the Patriots. You like, you can't do anything anymore. Are you a big football guy, Mark? Not really. I know enough though. You I know that I don't like the Patriots. I lived in Boston for five years, and Patriots fans are the worst. You won our football draft, didn't you? Yes, I had an A plus score, and I'm currently. (laughs) I'm currently in second place in the league. But the thing about fantasy football is that it's not about how much you know about football. It's all about statistics. Oh, okay. Well, your team name is Avril Lavines, just so our listeners know. Lavines. Lavines, yeah. That's the best <laughs> it, part. It's like, it's like a pun. Very punk rock. Okay. Well, if you want punk rock embedded into your podcast, Anchor is a good source and solution for you. So Anchor is was purchased by Spotify and now is adding the ability for any podcast to include anything from the Spotify library into their podcasts. So if we wanted to take this portion of the show here and just go using only the Anchor app, we could throw in LMAFO or something like that free of charge somehow because Anchor and Spotify are one in and of each other. Like the band? But our fans are asking for Eminem. Yeah, why did yeah, you no, pick- the band. Why did you pick LMFAO? Yesterday I was listening to music and my daughter always wants my headphones and then she has a dance party. And I was listening to like some stupid podcast or something. And so I'm like, I needed something you could dance to. And I'm like, party rocking by LMFO. <laughs> and then my son said, I hate this. That was the first Good. song that came to mind. <laughs> but I said to my son, who hates LMAFO? Party rocking. Who He's are like, you? me. <laughs> But if you were a smart podcast marketer, you would use that Spotify analytics tool to see what music your listeners like, and then you'd use Anchor to put that music in your podcast. So we should have Eminem, Post Malone, and Ed Sheeran. Not LMFAO. That's good marketing. Okay, well, on to the next one. Google has updated the Search Quality Raiders Guideline PDF. The last time it was updated was December 2019. It moved from 168 pages to 175 pages. If you want to know the difference, 
Don't even read it. Glenn Gabe is on the case. So follow at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. He's going to have all the insights breakdown. I'm sure that's just like what he does. So check out Glenn Gabe. You, you just signed him up for that. I hope he's, he said he was doing okay, it. I, I, look, I just repeat the facts here. I love right. the catchphrase. Glenn Gabe is on the case. When he's on the case, just wait. I mean, he leaves nothing uncovered. You, you'll hear a little later on the show. All right. And then on to a tweet from at search liaison on Twitter, Danny Sullivan, they messed up the US-based sports scores on a Sunday, another glitch with Google. And they said some of the scores were not available. I'm sure at the at Shep House, our stats and information guy was pretty mad about that. And well, he was probably watching it anyway, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even mad at Google for this because it's probably the NFL's fault. Yeah, they're like, it's on they're Tuesday a mess now. right now. Yeah. All right, Google also had an issue with Discover. Um, there was a post out over on Search Engine Roundtable on October 6th. They said the launch of Stories Carousel on Discover, you might see a significant increase. But they also said September 25th to 28th, there was an issue where web stories were shown less often to Discover users during this period. So something happened up the week before that big Carousel launch we talked about last week. So if you get a lot of Discover traffic, just throw it in your analytics and keep note. Okay, you're soon going to be able to change the color of that highlighted text fragment when you click through on Google. It came from Thomas Steiner at Tomiak. I've been asking for this. You can do it. He showed an example. You could change it from yellow, that goldenrod, to purple. So. Oh my God, that's the first color I would have picked. Well, <laughs> you should thank Thomas Yak on Twitter and change your color to purple when you oh, can. They're working I on hate it. the yellow. Not You're not alone, Shep. Seems like a lot of people do, but it's coming soon. And finally, this shouldn't even be organic, but Google is giving out data to police based off of search keywords that are happening. And so the police in August arrested Michael Williams, an associate of the singer and accused sex offender R. Kelly for allegedly setting fire to a witness's car in Florida, which what is happening? <laughs> Investigators linked Williams to the arson as well as witness tampering after sending a search warrant to Google that requested information on users who searched the address of the residents close in time to the arson. So Google True knows crime. what you're doing. And what we need is Captain Google who can go out and do preventative superheroing to these R. Kelly associates setting people's cars on fire. Google knew it before he did it. R. Kelly is a bad guy. I don't know if I trust Google with that, though. I don't. They're going to be they like, would oh, just it's our be machine like, learning. Okay, was- we, our machine learning knows that you're going to do this, so pay us money and we're not going to tell the police about it. I can't That's what wait. it's going to be. I yeah, can't gonna- wait for the Forensic Files episode. It's going to be <laughs> so good. You're going to type something in and be like, I burnt my pizza. How do I get the burnt crust off? And all of a sudden... Google's coming with handcuffs. Like I, my machine learning says you're <laughs> going to fire. Or Google is like, okay, like Domino's is on the way. We're charged you for it already. <laughs> All right, Mark, that's finally it for organic. What's happening in social? You guys better batten down the hatches real quick <laughs> because there's a storm coming. A tweet storm, that is. From Sarah Perez of TechCrunch at Sarah in Tampa on Twitter. WordPress can now turn blog posts into tweet storms automatically. 
What's a tweet storm, you ask? Well, it's just an another phrase that WordPress coined for Twitter threads. Oh, good. So it's a fun storm. It's my favorite kind of storm is a Twitter storm. I like storm. that better, the fun storm. That's not, that sounds like that could be your nickname, Mark. Was that what your nickname was in high school, the fun storm? No, I didn't really have a nickname. <laughs> I can see that, though. There you go. I mean, yeah. I'm, I've always been a fun storm. I don't know how it didn't catch on before. So thank you. Okay. And I'm one of the few people at the company who doesn't have a nickname. Well, you got one now. <laughs> WordPress had previously introduced a feature that was an easy way to post your Twitter threads, aka tweet storms, as we're calling them, to your blog with their unroll option for Twitter embeds. And now they're kind of doing the reverse of that allowing people to turn their existing blog posts into a tweet storm with just a few clicks. The tool understands the structure of your posts so it can detect paragraphs, sentences, images, and videos, and then knows how those are flowing together and is able to properly separate them into ordered tweets in a way that is very cohesive and natural for the reader to interact with that thread. And if you want to join the tweet storm, you just click on the Jetpack icon on the type right of the page in WordPress. And then you can connect one Twitter account or you can connect several. And then you select the accounts where you want to send the tweet storm like your mother nature. And you um, choose to share the post as a Twitter thread rather than just a tweet with a link. And then you can write an introductory message that'll introduce what the tweet storm is about. So this is about the movie Twister. And you can have a thread about that. And then when you publish your blog, the tweet storm will also publish automatically. And then at the end of the thread, there will be a link back to your blog. So you're not missing out on traffic to your site. But people, you will be missing out on traffic because why would somebody read it after they read the whole tweet thread? Because I feel like at threads, if it's a lot of messages, gets to be a lot. So I feel like you would just scroll to the bottom and get the link. I don't know. I don't need this. I'm yeah. going to Get rid of it. I just liked saying tweet storm that many times. So I'm very pro I'm this because I got to do that. <laughs> and while tweet storms are an awesome update for WordPress users, the next news piece has me absolutely WordPressed. I'm pressed. I didn't realize From, Jess was here. <laughs> I'm filling in. I'm doing the best that I can, people. I hope she listens to this. From Matt Southern at Search Engine Journal, starting October 24th, Facebook and Instagram will drop support for OEmbed endpoints for embeddable Facebook and Instagram content using the Facebook API. And then WordPress clapped right back and they were like, we're no longer going to support Facebook and Instagram O-embeds if you're going to do this. Breaking boatloads of content across the internet. And I think it's a terrible move for Facebook and Instagram. Like you might see the post and drive traffic to their site and that's just gonna be gone now. And, but I think it's really gonna hurt Facebook and Instagram creators who rely on these posts to drive traffic to their pages and generate new follows. So really what this means now though, is with removing it from the API, in order to have access to OEmbeds, you have to meet a new set of criteria. 
first, you have to have a Facebook developer account, which you can create at developer.facebook.com. Not so bad. The next one is the trippier one is that you have to have a registered Facebook app which a lot of people who use OMBEDS are not going to do. And I pulled a lovely tweet to get some commentary from the people. This is from at the JMO, that's T-H-E-J-A-Y-M-O on Twitter. Facebook turning off its OMBED endpoint for Facebook and Instagram is another brick in the wall around Facebook and reality. So big agree with Jay. Facebook is totally doing this to just control more of their content keep everything separated from the rest of the internet and kind of have this sandbox and this building on their own little island where all the content you consume is just on Facebook and Instagram and it's not on other sites. Next up from Facebook, we have one from Andrew Hutchinson at Social Media Today at AD Hutchinson on Twitter. Facebook announced a new look and some new features for Messenger. The biggest change visually for the look is the logo, which now is a gradient between the original Messenger Blue and the Instagram reddish tones. And I think this really speaks to the new integration of Instagram DMs and Messenger. And in terms of features, it's kind of cool they're taking it from a place where it's just a standard Messenger into something more robust. So there's going to be rooms, collaborative video viewing, which is really fun for pandemic stuff. Um, customizable emoji response bar, so you can like, send emojis to your peeps, personalized stickers, and color gradients for threads. So if you're like Shep and you want to control your colors, you're tired of that blue and white, or in her case, the yellow on Google, you can do that now. And then one more from Andrew Hutchinson, because we can never just have one from him. Twitter announces new election integrity measures as we head into the final weeks of the U.S. presidential campaign. There's four big new features. First, um, quote tweets are now the default over retweets if you click to retweet something to encourage users to actually add their own thoughts to contents rather than just sharing things out. Do we want this? I don't (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would love if people were retweeting and sharing their thoughts on marketing o'clock like I do. I think that could be very positive. And I just want to say a big thank you to Twitter. There are no political ads on there. This is like your fifth time thanking them for this. I I am just so thankful. I go on YouTube to upload these shows and I'm just bombarded by the world. So many craziest dystopian ads everywhere. And it's just so disheartening. And it's just, I don't, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Good. Yeah, that's why I have five Twitter accounts and only one Facebook. There's going to be a warning before you retweet an article. There are going to be deeper explanations for trends. And then they're going to label any accounts that are spreading misinformation, if they're a political figure, if they have a lot of followers, or if they have a lot of engagement. But Shop, do you know how much money Twitter lost by not having political ads? No, but I bet you do. I don't. I would really love to know. Thank them every week, but they, the YouTube masthead is dominated. They must be making so much yeah. money off of political ads. So I think it deserved that. Thanks. Shep. No, I, I agree. They do deserve it. I just think you say it a lot. <laughs> because they, they cost them so much money. Like that is a big decision to make to say no political ads during the height of advertising that only comes around once every four years. That is a huge, 
huge decision they made. Mm-hmm. But I bet a lot of politicians couldn't figure out how to use their ad platform anyway. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and rounding up social, we have to f- finish up with our favorite social media starlet, TikTok. You like TikTok uh, now? Ironically. Oh. <laughs> it's fun to talk about. I have not downloaded on my phone. Maybe once I am assured that Oracle is storing my information and not TikTok global, whatever it is, I might, but I don't have a need for it. I just can't wait for the Walmart deals I'm going to get over there. Well, TikTok and YouTube are both going to be go-to shopping sites. (laughs) From Kelsey Sutton at Adweek, we have... What's HBO's secret to viral TikToks? Letting their interns run the account. HBO Max has five college students that have been building the streamer's social presence since July. And I absolutely love this. I think it's hilarious because whenever my roommate and I are like watching something, whether it's a show on HBO or just something ridiculous, when there's ever a plot line or just a random piece of content thrown in that's just ridiculous, we just turn to each other and we're like, which social media intern did this? And now we know. I watched the TikToks that those interns made. It is, I'm going to go out on a limb, worse than the Honey House. Really? Yes. I will not use HBO Max because I had to watch this fake Zoom professor class the interns made to promote HBO Max. I understand you're getting engagement and whoever said the thing that all PR is good PR, they're wrong. Watch this TikTok and tell me that this is good. Okay. Tell me that it's good. That's Head my homework. Marketingclock.com to see it. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I have a quick one this week. I think this is old news and I just discovered it, but if you read a notification in Slack, and then you want to be reminded of it later, you can set a reminder. And I do that all the time. Like I'll see the push notification come up and I won't read it because I don't want to open it and miss it and forget about it. And now I can do that. And I think it's going to change my life. Yeah. I only use Slack reminders for fun. Like I don't actually use them for practical purpose. I'll be like, oh, this is going to be funny in three weeks. I'm going to remind myself about it. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I'll do that too. It's a good (laughs) What about you, Mark? I actually have an update from my working hard or hardly working from last time. So I shared a horrific instance of what happened to one of my clients with Google removing search term visibility and expanding matching criteria. And we had some broad match modified keywords that we couldn't see 80% of the search terms for. And as a result, I was like, look, I know we've driven conversions from this. It's helped discover new keywords. I am pausing all broad match modified. And it seemed like it was going to be really bad for them without this because it was a core part of the program. But what we did, we looked at what broad match modified keywords actually drove enough conversions just by keeping them on and kept those on. We used Andrea Cruz's tip of using Keyword Planner to identify new um, negative keywords to get rid of close variants. From the first marketing attack bonus episode. 
<laughs> and lastly, I did my own thing that I do is where I copy keywords and look for common phrases that might be dropped like software, system, solution, important keywords like that and find and replace them and then did those new keywords as exact match negatives. Uploaded those. And now, even though we can't see those search terms, we don't have the same tools we had before, they have the best cost per lead that we've ever had since we've been working with them. We've been working with them since February, so right before the pandemic. This is the best their account has ever been, cutting out the fat there and working around what Google has done. So I just wanna say, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We might not be happy with what Google's doing, but we are all smart people and we can work around this to get results. How encouraging. That was great. All right. And then on my side, just, I I've talked about this before, but we covered it on a show maybe two months ago that shopping campaigns on Google started allowing in-market audiences. And we have one B2B e-commerce client that is um, very, very large. And I was trying to analyze how the in-market audiences were performing. Obviously when you're in the main editor view, the web editor, you see things and it's broken down by campaigns. And just a friendly reminder, you can do almost anything in the Google ads report tool. And the Google ads platform is still hands down the best platform out there. And I was able to say quickly finding all the campaign types shopping, the audience types go for audience type in market and then get all the clicks, the costs and the return on ad spend and see it all in one combined view and able to do that in like two minutes of effort. And it's just phenomenal. So if you're sleeping on those Google ads reports, don't wake up people. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. So as we said earlier in the show, that distasteful musician said a lot of not safe for work things on our show last week. But I found out from a New York Times article that the only not safe for work word at Google is apparently antitrust. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> Here's a quote from this article. They don't address it in emails. They don't bring it up in big company meetings, regularly reminded that Google doesn't crush, kill, hurt, or block the competition. And if you hope to land an executive job at the internet company, don't bring up the A word in the interview process. And then they have this story about this job candidate for like an executive job. He sent an email to Sundar Pichai asking about antitrust implications of a potential murder, merger, murder. Honestly, oh. at this point, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I mean, they are murdering the competition. So anyway, the CEO saw this as inappropriate, according to this article, and quote, while it did not disqualify the candidate, it was seen as a negative for the person's job prospects. They just have all these creepy, shady things that are apparently going on. So one person says that just because Googlers are paid well, and that that is in part due to the monopoly antitrust. (laughs) That, that's the only reason they're not saying anything, but I think they're scared. Like it says, all employees are required to take an annual online training course about how to communicate in a way to avoid legal issues with regulators. Employees said it was common to hear people in meetings declare that a sensitive subject was, quote, not for notes. That's not good. 
Often emails that are not actually seeking legal advice are marked as privileged, including mundane presentation slides, minor bug fixes, they have a lot of those, or inconsequential department memos. So this just sounds super shady to me. I, I just, I've never seen something turn so fast. And maybe it's just me and my experience, but I, I've got all my Google products out of my house. I have Google minis that are just disconnected in a pile. I just, they're, they're, they went from such a company to root for this little startup that cared about clients to, they, they cared about people that gave them money and cared about people that use them to just garbage. You really just, just went garbage. around and unplugged all your Google. I do. I got rid of them all. Well, there's so none in my house. I have multiple Google things in my house. I'm to the point where I'm about to get rid of my Google Wi-Fi. I'm about to get off of a, a Pixel phone. I was thinking about getting an iPhone. That's how. Oh wow. That's how soured I am on on them and their mm-hmm. and their morals. I don't know. I mean, I will say I got the free Google Home from Spotify, and it doesn't work. It's yeah. awful. It's like what's the point? <laughs> It's the speaker isn't even loud. Like all I want a speaker for is for a speaker and it doesn't work. All I want a speaker for is to whisper antitrust into. (laughs) Anyway, my point is like, this just puts a whole new meaning on antitrust because I don't trust them. And also if you are the boss and you're the CEO of Google and you're saying somebody asked a question about the company and you're trying to recruit them and you're like, yeah, but come on in. And they're like, well, I know that right now there's some antitrust stuff going on. How will this impact the specific division that I'm in? And you look at that as a negative. That's a you problem, CEO. That is not an interviewee problem. Mm. That is Red somebody- flag. Get, Get out, out of, of there, there. interviewee. <laughs> you guys said that at exactly the same time. <laughs> How do you look at this in any other way? I know people are, this is the time you hang up the podcast, but whatever. All right, but what's next? And now for this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool comes from everybody's favorite pandemic sensation, Zoom. First up, Zoom launched a new marketplace called OnZoom an event discovery and monetization platform that makes it easier to promote and find virtual events in a wide wide range of categories, from workout to piano classes and more. Quick question, is this this better than Zoom 4 or worse? This is Zoom 4. Oh, okay. We're living it. (laughs) Hosts need to have a paid Zoom account, but anyone can join and you can have up to 1,000 attendees. OnZoom beta is currently available in the U.S. and will roll out globally sometime in 2021. But today we have an added bonus where we have two cool tools from Zoom. They also announced a new way to integrate Asana, Dropbox, HubSpot, Salesforce, Slack, SurveyMonkey, and 30 more applications directly into your everyday Zoom calls. These new integrations are known as Zaps, but with two Ps, And I'd really, really like to know what Zapier thinks about that. I don't know if the having two Ps is like a legal zoop, like, oh, I almost, I almost said zoop hole. Um, <laughs> loophole there. Um, like, really? Really? Your integration is called a zap. 
I'm, I'm sorry this is more news than cool tool, but what? Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right, and this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from the one and only BFF of the show, 2019, Glenn Gabe. And he has a blog post about the image pack rankings in Google web search. We are running out of time here, but he covers if you are seeing some strange performance in Google search console, there may be some issues with what is considered to be an impression and the positions. So he goes on to talk about if there is a way to click off of Google onto an external site, it is then considered to be an impression. He also talks about the fact that image Packs may have series of images. If in the title tag there's a link, then that counts as an impression. And if not, it may not. Um, and then one thing I like that he says is confusing. Yep. And can that throw off your reporting? Affirmative. Uh, it's also not just image packs. If you're seeing this wonky reporting in Search Console, it can be knowledge panels as well. So he goes through and talks about examples of image pack rankings in Google Search Console and the metrics. So he talks about what to do when you see these abnormalities based around impressions in your Search Console data. And he also talks about how the knowledge panels can throw that off. So like I said, Glenn leaves no stone unturned and we appreciate it. It is something that may be plaguing you. Check it out over on G Squared Interactive. Thank you, Glenn. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Upfluence helps marketers streamline their influencer marketing campaigns so you can take your campaigns to the next level. Manage every aspect of your influencer campaigns in a single platform, from influencer discovery and outreach to relationship management and campaign tracking. Start streamlining your influencer marketing campaigns today. If you want to get Upfluence, go to get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J to get started. That is get.upfluence.com forward slash S-E-J. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. Okay. Well, I have a like fun little quiz for you guys today because um, this is one of Mark's favorite people and I didn't know much about him. So today I was going to do some trivia on the man, the myth, the legend, Gary V. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So I just have two questions for each uh, of you. Also, I'm going to crush you, Mark. I hope I lose. I just have two questions for each of you, and I already have the tiebreaker. We can just see who can spell his last name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's Who wants to go first? Mark can go first. Oh, oh. Craig volunteered. Yeah, I'll go first.
V A Y N. No, no, that's no, the tiebreaker. Oh, 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 well, you know V A N, all right? So I just gave that away. Okay, so I'll go for uh, I'll go first. Okay. Here's your question. What juvenile business venture does Gary V say helped him realize he had a business mentality at a young age? A, lemonade stand. B, babysitting. C, lawn mowing. D, working in his father's liquor store. D. You would think that, but it was actually the lemonade stand before the yes. liquor store. He started in non-alcoholic beverages. I, I knew that too. When he was only oh eight God, years I'm old. Oh my God, I'm so, wait, actually I shouldn't be telling people I know this. I'm embarrassed. When he was that. only eight years old, he created a lemonade stand system in his neighborhood. This was not just one stand in front of his house. He created seven stands around the area. Oh, I hate him. He franchised <laughs> his lemonade stand. Mark, here's your question. How did Gary Vee make headlines as judge at the 88th Miss America pageant? A, pretended to take a selfie when he was introduced. B, managing to sneak his signature catchphrase, crushing it into his interview question. C, cursing on air and getting fined by the FCC. Or D, wearing a beanie. D. No, nope. I'm getting you guys. He pretended to take a selfie when he was introduced. Ew, he's disgusting. Okay, Greg, this is a sports one, so maybe you know it. <laughs> yes. New York Jets. Oh, man! All right, Mark's turn. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. All right, Mark's up. Um, okay. Alongside Gwyneth Paltrow, Jessica Alba, and Will I Am, Gary Vee will help mentor app developers in an upcoming Apple TV Plus reality show called, actually, it might already be out. A, App Laws, B, Appy Hour, C, There's an App for That, or D, Planet of the Apps? Oh. B? Nope, it's D. So Greg beat you at Gary V Trivia. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly happy about that. I, <laughs> I wanted to know less about Gary V, and now I've proven that I know less than Greg, <laughs> who, despite saying that Jill and I are the LinkedIn people, his post about the marketing a talk on Tuesday had the most engagement. Oh, I don't even so know happy that. for you. <laughs> and he also answered one of the questions before I asked the question. So Greg is Gary V champion, um, reigning supreme. There's no argument. And we oh, will shit. see you next week. 